Jesus, this song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Drew. It's so good to see you today. What a beautiful day it is to come and gather as a church body and worship the Lord and be in his word and be encouraged by other believers. Amen. Oh, well, tulip time is upon us. Some of you found some traffic this morning, maybe, or yesterday, or all week. Uh, we are having a discussion about the difference between concession stands and food trucks. And uh, they're not the, they're not the <coughs> same thing. Uh, so the question of the day is how do you feel about like, carnival food, or are you more of a food truck kind of person? You can go ahead and stand, greet the people around you, share your answer with your neighbor. Again, a good question. All right, we're going to come on back. We've been in a series for the last, like, pretty much the school year called The Story. We've been working through our way through the Bible cover to cover, and we are in the very last Sunday of the story today, the end of the story, Revelation. Uh, one of Jesus' disciples, John, had this vision, and he wrote it down, and it talked about what was coming ahead, the thing that we can look forward to and hope for. And John, um, he writes about this lion of Judah, and he talks about this lamb who was slain. These are two kind of pictures for Jesus, the one who was sacrificed in our place and is coming again as, as a lion. And so this is from Revelation 22. It says, Look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I'll give to each person according to what they've done. And I love how the message, Eugene Peterson's The Message translation says this, Yes, I'm on my way. I'll be there soon. I'm bringing my payroll with me. I'll pay people in full for their life's work. I'm the A to Z, the first and the final, the beginning and the conclusion. We know the end of the story ends with Jesus returning to us. And that's an exciting thing to look forward to. So today we're going to sing together. We can just join in and worship. We're going to sing the lion and the lamb today. Something we can look forward to, this hope that we have in our Jesus. Let's sing.
sins of the world His blood breaks the chains And every will bow before the Lion and the Lamb As every knee will bow before
change everything from death into life, from graves into gardens. You're the one who can bring life and newness, restore all things to the way they were meant to be. So we worship you today, God. We love you. Amen. You all can have a seat. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you here this morning to be at Watershed together. Worshiping our God, as Drew said earlier, I want to welcome the Kuman family, because today we get to celebrate. Hi, Jessica. <laughs> I love, I, I, I got to say this because I said it before. I love, she is rocking the Chuck Taylors, Oof, Converse All-Stars. So, uh, no, last week we actually got a chance to have a baptism. Uh, we got to celebrate with the Visser family the promises of God. In our tradition, uh, when we think about baptism, we'll get to how this makes sense with profession of faith in just a second, but when we remember our baptism, we remember that God has forgiven us in Christ Jesus. That is his free gift to us. That is his grace, his unmerited favor, his love, his promise to us, his invitation as we'll hear later on today, come, come to me. This is the free gift. Jessica, you were baptized into that truth before you ever even knew it. And I actually remember that, if you can believe that, because my last Sunday at Watershed was when Bella was baptized, and we went off and I was like some golf pro. And then somehow God brought me back, and so to see you like be this big, to now being like this big, <laughs> I remember you were baptized into that truth. You were forgiven before you ever even knew it. And that's God's grace for every one of us. And not only has Jessica grown up in, a, in an amazing family, um, getting to know you guys throughout the years, know your hearts for Jesus, your love for each other, um, and being able to see some of the extension of that this morning is an awesome thing, right? Great family. But even more so, our baptism reminds us we're part of this family, the church. It's bigger than our blood. 
right? We've been welcomed into Jesus and his life, the church. That every one of us are part of this family. We matter to each other. We belong. And when you were baptized, before you ever knew it, God said, I'm going to promise you my presence in your life. I'm going to be there whether you know it or not. I'm going to be that conscience saying, eh, don't go that way. <laughs> Even though you may, still may. <laughs> She's smiling and nodding, so that's, okay. <laughs> that's why we get along well. Yeah, <laughs> we understand each other. <laughs> but that presence that's with us, guiding us, breathing God's peace and life into us is a gift for all of us in Christ Jesus. That is in our baptism. If you have been baptized into Jesus, his presence, his power, his peace is available to you. And what we're going to hear today, the end of the story, the end of the scriptures remind us what you were also baptized into, eternal life. That our life doesn't end simply here on earth when we die. That Jesus who defeated death will carry us into eternal life. We have a hope that's bigger than this moment, that's bigger than this day. We have a hope that can carry us, that can hold us a future that's bright, even though the day may seem dark. All these truths were there for you before you ever knew them. I love the fact that we sang the song Graves into Gardens right before this, right? That we find our life in God. That's our goal here. I mean, that's the goal of every church, to invite each other into truly that identity, that baptismal identity, that we are loved by God. And so today, as you profess your faith, I'm going to try not to steal Pastor Nate's thunder here because he's coming up next, but you say, I believe it. When you were baptized, there, there were some words that said, hey, our baptism calls us into that faith each and every day. You don't just have it now, you're getting called into that for the rest of your life. So that will be your duty, right? That'll be your call, to just keep trusting, just keep believing, just keep holding on to the one who's holding on to you, okay? It's an awesome day. I'm excited. I'm proud of you. Um, I'm proud that I get to be your pastor in this season of life and grateful. So I'm going to have you stand up. Nate, if you want to come up. Pastor Nate is our youth pastor, so if you don't know him, uh, he's gotten to pour a lot of time and energy into Jess's life. So, Good morning, everybody. Uh, as a youth pastor here, this is one of my favorite times to be a part of a church congregation is just being able to celebrate a profession of faith like this. It's a really cool step. I heard a, a two P words from Pastor Aaron here, just a lot of times while he was up here. Uh, promises, which we're going to talk about here real briefly, and being proud. And proud, just very proud of you in this moment. It's a really cool moment. So if this is a little bit of recap, uh, just a couple quick things. Um, profession of faith really is about three promises, right? And we've talked a lot about these things, so this is really more of a re review for them. than You, you know all this stuff already. But um, Three promises that we get to celebrate in profession of faith. One, like Pastor Aaron talked about with baptism, the promise that God has made to you to walk alongside of you, to be a part of your life, to walk you through all those good times, all those hard times, up to this moment and beyond, which is really cool. That's kind of that first promise, a celebration of that promise. Celebrating as well with our church family, right? It's a celebration that we get to uh, enjoy with them, to include them in. It's a big day for you, obviously. 
But the truth of the matter is there's a lot of people in this congregation and beyond that have been walking alongside of you too. So the promises that they have made um, at your baptism and to be a, a part of your friends and family to walk you to this point too, that's really cool. And then the last one is the promise that you get to make today. Uh, we're going to walk through four quick questions here in just a second. Um, and it's just a really cool moment to see. Uh, it's not an easy thing to get up here and do this as a teenager, guys. And uh, that means it means something to you, right? You probably wouldn't do it if it didn't mean something really important to you. So remember that too, congregation, as she's up here answering these questions. Um, it's a big moment for her and something that's really cool that you're moving forward doing. So proud of you in that as well. So let's get to those four questions a second. Uh, at the end of them, at the end, if you just want to answer, I do, God helping me. Okay, and I'll tell you when we get to the end. They're a little lengthy, so hang in there. All right. First question, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, sent to redeem the world? Do you love and trust him as the one who saves you from your sin? And do you, with repentance and joy, embrace him as the Lord of your life? That's the first question. Second question, do you believe that the Bible is the word of God, revealing Christ and his redemption, and that the confessions of this church faithfully reflect this revelation? Question two, moving on to three, do you accept the precious excuse me, do you accept the gracious promises of God sealed to you in your baptism, and do you affirm your union with Christ and his church, with your, which your baptism signifies today? And lastly, question number four, do you promise to do all you can with the help of the Holy Spirit to strengthen your love and commitment to Christ by sharing faithfully in the life of the church, honoring and submitting to its authority, and do you join with the people of God in doing the work of the Lord everywhere? Jess, how do you answer I do. God helping me. Beautiful. How about a big round of applause for Jessica here? Congregation, if you'll stand, because as much as she makes promises, we continue to make promises. Thank you for holding true to those baptismal promises to be a part of Jess's life and to continue. And I'm going to ask you, Again, do you promise to love, encourage, and support her by the continued teaching of the gospel of God's love, by continuing to be an example of Christian faith and character, and by continuing to give the strong support of God's family and fellowship, prayer, and service? If you can say so, please say, we do, God helping us. We do, God helping us. Amen. We want to invite family up um, around if you'll stay standing and if you want to lay hands on her, if you feel comfortable and want to lift your hands up, uh, that's fine, but we're going to say a word of prayer. Uh, Big group, good to see a lot of celebration. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for Jessica. Uh, thank you for this moment. Thank you for all that she already is to this community. Uh, thank you for the ways in which you have walked alongside of her. Uh, thank you for the ways in which these people here in this room today have walked alongside of her and even those friends and family that aren't here too, Lord. Uh, thank you for the way that uh, they have partnered with you in walking uh, her to this point in her faith journey. We pray that she continues to walk in your ways, that she holds your hands as she moves forward, that she gains all that she needs to gain from you, uh, to move forward and to get to know you better. Lord, thank you for this moment. Thank you for Jessica, and thank you for this congregation that can celebrate with her. Amen. Amen. You may have a seat. And again, good job. Okay. <laughs>
I'd like to invite children through fifth grade, if you're heading to uh, Sunday school, if you want to come join us, and Miss Sam's going to say a prayer for you. So children through fifth grade, if you're heading, heading out. And if you're in fifth grade and younger and hanging out, we're praying for you too. <laughs> All right, shall we pray? Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us all here today. Thank you that we all got to see Jessica make her profession of faith. And um, thank you for the beautiful sunshine outside. Amen. Amen. Before we dive into the message this morning, I just want to go through a couple of ministry highlights that we have going on. Uh, in, around campus, as Drew mentioned, obviously many of you know it's tulip time, um, but a great way to be able to support missions here, uh, it's kind of our tradition to run a parking lot over at Five Star Realty. So on Thursday for the Kinder Parade and the Saturday Parade as well, um, if you get there early enough, there may be some parking spots for 10 bucks, um, and that will, all the proceeds go to uh, support Heart Awake Missions uh, which is important. We've got a Honduras mission trip coming up this summer uh, to help build a, a classroom at Abundant Life Christian School. So uh, coming out, supporting us that way uh, is a huge, huge help. So thank you, and thank you for everybody who's going to be uh, managing and directing cars. Uh, I do want to mention, too, this past week we dropped a new podcast uh, story. We started a couple months ago, a Heart Awake Stories podcast, where we just get to hear people's testimony. How has God been moving in their life? Um, and it's not like some great, big, grand, you know, it's just seeing God in our ordinary journey and how can we be encouraged. So uh, this month, you know, get to hear Andrew's story. So if you jump over to hardawake.com, you can find their Hardawake stories on your podcasting platforms. We do finally have it out there on Spotify and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. And again, if you can't find it, jump on over uh, to the website also, um, Drew mentioned we're, we're closing up this story, and I'd, I'd love to, I mean, if you're, if throughout this journey through the Bible this year, 31 weeks, give yourselves a hand. If you have been here and made it through 31 weeks of me preaching, you're to be celebrated. <laughs> uh, we have journeyed through the story. I would love to hear. Uh, my contact info is up there. I'd love to hear uh, if, if this journey through the Bible has impacted you. Uh, if you want to join me on a podcast and share some of that story, I'm not saying, but, you know, I might twist an arm a little bit. <laughs> um, but I'd love to hear your story um, at any point in time, too. Uh, it's a privilege to really journey with you as your pastor you need to connect with me, uh, you just need somebody to talk to, pray with, um, if you need some help in your own journey, um, please don't hesitate to reach out and uh, love, to, love to meet with you, grab a coffee or just spend some time. So with that being said, uh, let's go to God in prayer this morning. Our God and Heavenly Father, we thank you again and celebrate you uh, for who you are and what you've done. God, you are good. We've searched the world. Maybe some of us haven't quite gotten to the whole world yet. <laughs> but maybe we've searched long enough and found that you're the one truly who can only fill us. That you're big enough to fill our lives, to hold our lives, to handle our lives. 
God, that's a big task. I know for me, in my own journey of faith, Lord, finances haven't always been there. My health hasn't always been there. Friends haven't always been there. Intentions and family jobs haven't always lined up. So trying to find meaning in those things has only been met with dead ends. Father, but in your grace, you meet us in those dead ends. You meet us in the valleys. You meet us in our mistakes. And you say, I'm here to give you life. You say, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. God, you seek to fill us. God, I don't know where everyone is this morning, here in this room, watching via live stream. Lord, I can't begin to comprehend every story, every heartache, every pain, every joy and celebration. The amazing thing is you do. You know you are present. You are sustaining. You are enduring. And God, you continue to promise us a future bigger than this moment. Lord, I pray that. I pray that today. That all who hear these words and even all who don't, will know the goodness of your presence, the goodness of your grace, and the hope that we have in you. Holy Spirit, as we come to the end of this story, we come to the last pages of the Bible, to Revelation, a vision that was gifted to John that was beyond his comprehension that is still today beyond ours. Help it make sense to us Help a future that we will only taste when you finally return to be real for us. Help it to strengthen us. Help it to enliven us. Help it to hold us by your grace. Holy Spirit, I humbly ask that you move through my words, but even more so, move through yours. For our sake and for yours. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and all God's children said, amen. As has been our tradition throughout this journey of this story, we're on the last week. We can't not show the last video. So join me as we watch this final video. John, one of the last living disciples that walked with Jesus, was living in exile on an island called Patmos. One day, God gave him a vision, commanding him to write letters to seven different churches. John also saw a series of mysterious and symbolic We'll get scenes. this in a sec. <laughs> he saw a door open into Hey, Trisha, can you uh, spot back a slide?
How are we doing? Computers, is it muted? No? All right, let's try it one more time. Otherwise, we're going to miss the final video. <laughs> oh, I hear it. John, one of the last living disciples that walked with Jesus, was living in exile on an island called Patmos. One day, God gave him a vision, commanding him to write letters to seven different churches. John also saw a series of mysterious and symbolic scenes. He saw a door open into heaven, and he was swept up into it. He saw a throne with someone sitting on it. In front of the throne, he saw a lamb, looking as if it had been killed. Lightning flashed from the throne and thunder clapped. People and creatures surrounding the throne all fell down and worshipped the lamb. And thousands of angels circled the throne and said in a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Every creature in heaven and on earth gave praise to the lamb and to the one seated on the throne. Next. John saw every person who ever lived standing in front of the throne. A book called the Book of Life opened up. Anyone whose name was not in the Book of Life was thrown into a lake of fire. But for all those whose names were there, something amazing awaited. John saw a bright and shining city descend from the sky. A loud voice told him this was where all of God's people will live and that God will live there among them forever. God will wipe away every tear and there will be no more death, crying, or pain. A river as clear as crystal flowed from the throne of God through the middle of this great city. Next to the river stood the tree of life, which healed the world from every wrong, making all things perfect. Then Jesus himself, standing with John, said, Come, let those who are thirsty come. Let all who wish take a free gift of the water of life. Uh, we've been talking about God's making all things new. Once Christ came, he inaugurated his kingdom. And, and at the beginning of this mini-series, we talked about how he's given us the Holy Spirit to make the realities of this future kingdom real for us, right? To start letting that kingdom break through in us and in our world. In the next week, we talked about uh, kind of what drives us, what we represent. Paul said, man, I represent this Jesus who gave his life for me, right? That is worth more than anything in my life. Last week, we talked about legacy and how will we be remembered. And he says to Timothy, he goes, man, let this be your life. Be remembered for this. Pass on this message. And so today, we talk about what do we look forward to? Right? Not just what do I represent, not just what will I leave behind, what am I looking forward to? It's an important question because for John, he was sitting imprisoned on the island of Patmos. He'd already been, uh, uh, there had been an attempt to burn him with oil to end his life. 
for all intents and purposes, he thought he was done sitting in prison. He would get out, however, had no clue that would happen. He'd write to seven churches that represent really the whole church under persecution, under duress, under pain, not under a victorious Lord, right? The kingdom of God wasn't overrunning the kingdom of Rome. It just seemed like things weren't working out, but God still had a message. See, throughout the scripture, every time God gave a vision of the future, it was anchored in a reality of a valley of the present, the darkness of a day. Often he didn't give a a future picture because everything was wonderful for you. It was because things were pretty terrible. The people were in Babylon under 70 years of exile. That's when God gives a vision to Daniel. That's when God gives visions to Jeremiah and to Ezekiel to say, oh, guess what? There will come a day. As the church was being persecuted, God says, guess what? There will come a day. As you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, God goes, there will come a day. And at the end of Scripture, he leaves us a beautiful picture of the future. What are you looking forward to? Wayne Dyer, he's, a, he's one of those self-help guys, right? You might have seen him on a Sunday when you were staying home from worship and saw the PBS. <laughs> right? He's been on TV. He's written books. He's kind of a, a motivational speaker. But he says this about the future. I think, I think he's right. All right, begin with the end in mind, start with the end outcome, and work backwards to make your dreams possible. Stephen Covey, a leadership guru, just says, start with the end in mind. Right, how often in our lives have we looked forward to something and that, that thing in, the forward, in front of us in the future kept drawing us into it, right? So we're a year into uh, our living in our, our house, and, and I go, I'll tell you what, building the house isn't for the faint of heart, and the year after building the house isn't for the faint of heart, (laughs) right? But having that vision, having that picture in mind kept you anchored in, kept you pushing in, kept you excited even though you had a lot of headaches and a lot of stress-filled nights. But that future keeps calling you, right? that, That happens in so many moments and places. A vision for the future has the power to impact the present, doesn't it? Has the power to impact today. I ran across an article um, from UC Berkeley, so University of California, Berkeley. Summer Allen, she wrote an article in 2019 entitled this, Hold Thinking About Our... uh, Sorry. (laughs) How Thinking About the Future... I can't even read my own writing. How Thinking About the Future Makes Life More Meaningful. Now, this is UC Berkeley. This isn't the church. This isn't a Christian. This is just in psychology, how thinking about the future makes life more meaningful. She said four things. First, it helps us decide how to act. If we know where we're going, it can give us, if we allow it, a game plan where to go. If we have a reality as Christians of a future in, in, where God's kingdom, is heaven and earth are coming together, well, maybe we want to know what, what it means to be a part of that, right? How is that part of our story? But she just simply says, hey, listen, it helps us decide how to act. The second thing is it can motivate us to achieve goals, especially when we have positive expectations of the future. 
right? The future can motivate us. It can draw us into itself. That which we, if we're positively expecting something, right, we, we're like, yeah, I'm going to work hard for it, right? I want to be a basketball star. I always wanted to be Michael Jordan growing up south side of Chicago, right? want to be Michael Jordan. That's when I grew up. I wanted to beat the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, down with you Pistons. <laughs> and then I realized I can't jump like Mike. I did grow two inches taller. <laughs> I'd like to see. I think he can still dunk. I'm hoping to still dunk when I'm 50. Right? I got six foot eight working for me. <laughs> but I ain't going to be Michael Jordan. But I'll tell you what, the desire to be kept me moving, kept me pushing, kept me trying, kept me running out of air, running killers in, in suicide drills and in basketball practice. I'd dive down to the floor, I'd, I'd bleed, I'd, right? I gave it because I wanted to be that, that, that future to watch him dunk from the free throw line. Oh. And then four knee surgeries later, there ain't no way I'm dunking from any free throw line. But the future can draw us forward, right? It can motivate us, especially when it's a, got this positive expectation. She goes on to say, it can also improve our psychological well-being. How many of you have ever been stuck in the past? Right, reasonable. All of us do. We get stuck in the past. We get stuck in what has been. And a lot of times we, we have to work through some of those things. But without a future, we have no reason to work through those right? Without something drawing us, without something compelling for us, why? We'll just stay stuck. It's the future that draws me out of what has been. She hits a nail on the head, right? The future keeps calling us forward. And then finally, she says the, in, the future can influence how we act towards others. And she actually says this, that it, we can become more generous in kind. Right, if our future is calling us ahead. What are you looking forward to? What's your future? Because at the end of the scriptures, we're brought all the way back to the beginning. We're given a future of what was in the past in its beauty and perfection. And in that future... It's something that solves everything that we have been through, we have been in, every pain, every problem, but it also fulfills every promise, and every hope, every dream. I want to take us there. Revelation 22. At the start of this series, we started in Genesis 1. First book, first words. Today we're going to end with the last book, last chapter last words. Let's hear God's word. Revelation 22, starting in verse 1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations." No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They'll see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or even the light of a sun. For the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. 
Man, what a beautiful picture. Two words come to my mind as I think about that. Renewal and restoration. The very beginning of Scripture, we saw a perfect world. A world in which humankind was, was, was breathed into life, was given a being, an image that was that of God. And they, Adam and Eve walked with God and they had no worries, no pain, no suffering. Death wasn't on their minds. They got to, they didn't even, by the, by the way, they were, they were walking around naked. And there was no shame. Right? There was no division in humanity, creation. There was, no, there was no hurt, no pain. There was no distortion. There was nothing that was ransacking it. Right? There were, there were no illnesses, no diseases. This was a perfect creation. And where does the scripture bring us at the very end? That that perfect creation, that Edom will, Eden will once again be for us. That the curse will be no more. The curse that screwed everything up. Genesis 3. Adam and Eve's decision to say, you know what, we're going to do it our way. Put it like this. The self. Not God. I'm not going to worship God. I'm going to worship myself. My own ideology, my own, my, my own desires, my own ideas, you name it, me. And set humanity on a course where we live in and deal with the consequences of every day. But in this vision, does that go with us? No, there's no more curse, right? As much as we are with God again, he's the light that gives us life. As much as there is healing for the nations, that there is a togetherness, that people now live in harmony, in unity with one another. How many of you desire that? How many of you want that in your own family? Not the Cumans. <laughs> right? We see that, we desire that, we want it will be. That's our future in Christ Jesus. When he returns. And we'll be able to have access to the tree that was cut off because of sin. See, at the very end, the vision was what it was and intended to be at the very beginning. And even though sin and brokenness became part of our story and is part of our story today, it will be no longer. Night will be gone. Darkness will be put away. There will be a renewal and a restoration. We will be with God again. We will be together finally and fully again. There will be no more hurt, no more pain, no more crying. Revelation 21 leads us into some of that. And there will be abundance of life. Never longing. Always being able to receive. And we will once again be who we were created to be in the first place. I don't know about you. feels good. I need that. I need that future. I need that vision where there's something more. Do you? Jesus goes on to say this after a little interaction with an Angel and the angel says, Hey, by the way, these, are, these words are trustworthy and true, so hang on to them. And, and then we hear Jesus say this Look, I'm coming soon. 
right? Jesus is already here. He returned to his throne, but he promised he would come back. And he says, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me. I'll give to each person according to what they've done. Now, we'll catch that in a second because it almost sounds like a works-based salvation, right? Be good. Make sure you did, hard, you did the right things, right? Make sure that, that karma is in your favor. Uh-oh, said that K word. <laughs> but how many times do, do we live that way, right? Did I do just enough today to outweigh the bad? Is God happy with me today? Oh, man, Revelation 22, it seems like that's, this is the way. Verse 13, let's continue. I am the Alpha and Omega, Jesus says. The first, the last, beginning, and the end. Pay attention to this. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go, th- and, and may go through the gates into the city. Blessed are those who wash their robes Blessed are those who wash their robes. Maybe the only thing that truly matters is who we hang our hat on. Maybe the only thing that truly matters is the one who's holding us when we can't hold on. Maybe the only thing that matters is the one who could do for us what we could never do for ourselves. Because according to the scriptures, one iota of sin keeps us out. But because of the righteousness of God, you and me, we are made right with God. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have right the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Now some tough scriptures here. Outside of the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. I'm the Messiah. I'm the promised one. The spirit and the bride, they say, come, Let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes away anything from the scroll of this prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this scroll. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Truly, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And then the Bible ends this way. Last verse. The grace, the unmerited favor, the unearned love of God, the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, an act of grace. He didn't have to. He wanted to. He wanted to create you. And in the very end, he reminds us of what the story is all about. Him and his love for us.
his grace. Two other words come to my mind, and that is access and assurance. That if we want to enter into this renewed and restored world, we have access to the free gift of the water of life in Christ. Come, Spirit and the bride says, come. Jesus already said this in Matthew 11 when he was here on earth. Come to me, all who are weary and having burden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy and it's light. Come to me, he says. Right? I'm the Alpha Omega. I'm the beginning, the end. I'm the first, the last, the, the bright morning star, the, the root and the, the branch. What is it? The root and the, the offspring of David, right? I am life. You have access and assurance of this renewed and restored world if you are in me. That is our surety. That is our truth. That's why he says, hey, don't mess with the words of this book. Otherwise, I might mess with you. <laughs> Actually, not I might, I will. You mess with my story and what my story is all about, you want to confuse it, you want to make it about you, then forget it. Outside are what? The dogs. Wow, now all of a sudden... We are not what we were meant to be. In, in Revelation 21, it says, actually, those, they're in the eternal fire. There's judgment for us if we say, I don't want this to be my story. If I want something else, the magic arts, if I want to stay driven by myself and my sexual desires, if I, if I want to be identified by all kinds of immorality and indiscretions, see, Jesus can save us from those things. But if we want to remain in those things and say, that's my identity, then that's on you. And he says, listen, I already dealt with that once. And what did he say? Get out of, the, get out of Eden. You think he's going to let you back in. Not at that time. And so he's given us this moment to say, come. Here I stand and I knock at the door. And invite me in. Because this is a free gift of life. You want to be renewed and restored. Just put your faith in me. Stop following yourself. All we got to do is look in the mirror. All we got to do is look around us. All we got to do is look at human history. Look at the projections of the story that is to come. Self screws it up. But Jesus saves it. And he gives us a spirit to begin to make that new in us, but also promises, guess what? That which screwed it up won't win forever. Randy Frazee, who edited this story, tells a, 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 just a quick little story in his devotional uh, through this. And, and, and I could see this happening when I was at Western because there was a lot of folks who go over to the Dow Center uh, on Hope College's campus and, and play basketball, right? And, and so, but he tells it from uh, his own experience that some, some seminary students went over to play basketball and, and the janitor was there, opened up the building and you know, had to make sure the lights were on and, and things were ready, and then closed up when the seminary students were all done. And, and so as they were playing ball, uh, the janitor was sitting there reading his Bible. Like, you know, do a little Bible study, great. What the seminary students said, they kind of came up to him and just said, hey, hey, Liz, what are you reading right now? He goes, Revelation. Revelation? 
<laughs> they're like, man, we take classes on this stuff and can't remember. Are you pre-millennial, all-millennial, like post-millennial? <laughs> When's Jesus going to return? Right? Like, do you, do you understand this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jesus wins. Jesus wins. I'm coming back. I'm going to make all things new. We have access, we have an assurance in this truth. Revelation 21, 21 verse 5 just simply says this. He was seated on the throne and said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Folks, this is our story. This is the truth. This is the future for us. This is a future that is bigger than the grave. It's bigger than disease. It's bigger than division. It's bigger than our heartaches and our pains. It's bigger than the darkest moments, the tears we shed in the dry eyes because we've shared too many. This world isn't the end. Life is in Christ. And we will one day be where it all began. And death will have no more. Sin will have no place. It will not be allowed in this city of God. There will be life. There will be enough to drink. There will be enough to eat. There will be abundance. And that which has been good here will be only the beginning to the beauty we will face and see. Is this your future? It can be in Christ Jesus. It is if you are in Christ Jesus. And the beauty of this future is, man, it can change our life today. It can shape how we are with others. It can shape the way we act towards one another. Man, because I want this now. Anybody want this now? I can have a part in it because the Spirit is alive in me. He's made us new creations, right? Baptism reminds us that. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You can breathe some of this new life into life. Sometimes we see the miraculous done. Not always, but sometimes. And that's God's kingdom breaking in, reminding us that this is true. Our future is, is sure. Blessed assurance. How many of you heard that before? But what's the next line? Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Our assurance is in him. Life is in him. And it moves us. It motivates us if we will allow it to be. Because it is. Fact. Boom. There you go. Mic drop. Fact. Trustworthy. True. Spirit says it. You know, here's, here's, there was a messenger of God who said, yep, write these things down. Trustworthy. True. Share these with the, with share, share these with the, G, the, the churches. Oh, and then, by the way, Jesus said it. So, okay, I know he came back from the dead. There were countless, like, historical reports of the resurrection. So, if he came back from the dead, he's pretty good at this. So, yep, should I bank my life on him or should I bank it on me? 
man, I'm going to bank my life on you. And I hope you will too. I am making all things new. Write these words down. They're trustworthy and they're true. Let's pray. God, thank you that you restore and renew all things. That in the future, you make all things right. You put all things in their right place. You give us a a perspective we can't quite grasp here on earth. But man, when earth and heaven collide and sin is drawn out, Lord, there is perfection and beauty. There is everything right we have experienced in this life and then some. Father, enliven our imaginations so we can see that picture a little more clearly by your Spirit. John needed a messenger. Lord, we have your scriptures and we have your Spirit. So we know if he got an angelic messenger and we we now have the scriptures in your Spirit, Lord, we know you can give us a, a, a clear glimpse of what can be. God, and I pray that for my brothers and sisters this morning. I pray that for myself. So that we won't get stuck in the valley. So that we can experience you lifting us to the mountaintop. So that we can be changed and breathe some of that life, that resurrection life, that new creation life, back into this world while we wait for you. Because you are coming back. You gave us your word. You never let us down. So we're going to hold on to you. Lord Jesus, thanks for holding on to us. We pray this in your name. And all God's children said, amen. I invite you all to stand and worship with us for these last two songs.
words, the grace of our Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Definitive period. That is our story. This is our future. God cares about where you've been. God cares about where you are and has a future for you. I pray that future will draw you into it by his grace and love. Go with this blessing as you walk you go as you live. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
Lord, cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord give you his peace. His peace. Make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, amen. Go in peace. If you don't mind stacking a few chairs, we appreciate it. But otherwise, hang around, talk, share some life.